0: Hey guys welcome back to another episode of opera off stage i'm michelle and i'm jesse and if you're tuning in for the first time today welcome we're a podcast sharing the good bad ugly and honestly hilarious parts of being a modern classical musician if you don't already follow us you can follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at opera off stage and today we're going to be talking a little bit about talent versus hard work we're talent can get you how far it can get you and when hard work really takes over before we dive into our episode what announcements do we have this week jesse all right
1: so we have officially launched the patreon very exciting was a lot of work drove michelle and i absolutely up the wall last month but we're very very (laughs) excited for it to be out there and in the world we've also got some really fun stuff already up there we've got we've got a couple minisodes that i'm actually really proud of especially our movie one where michelle and i both pitch a movie as an opera. We came in with very different choices, so I really recommend if, if you like some of our goofier content, go look in th- at the tier with our mini soaps. Yes. We are not going to have an opera watch party this month, but we will bring it back for October for spooky season. We will bring out a nice creepy opera and all get together, but not, not this month.
0: <laughs> Jesse and I are so ridiculously excited about October and all of our spooky themed episodes for October. We've honestly have been talking about recording for October since like March.
1: (laughs) So next week we have our next Issues in Opera episode. It is the second part of our Yap follow up where we're going to be talking to the founders of Latina Women in Opera and Black Women in Opera as well. It's going to be very exciting, so I hope you'll join us for that episode. And then if you have not yet, please review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Spotify. It's super, super helpful for us. I cannot describe how helpful it is when you guys do that. And also, we really love them. Michelle and I love to read your reviews, and we we do send them to each other and cry about how sweet they are, so please, please do. And now I've got a little game for Michelle. Michelle and I have been talking about these games. I'm already triggered. It's very true. Michelle and I were talking about these games. I was like, no, it'll be fun. And I was like, well, it'll be fun for me. It's probably going to be upsetting for you. Because the way I entertain myself is by upsetting Michelle. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a very easy thing to do. I decided to go back to a classic in the vein of... Is a hot dog a sandwich? Because I so enjoyed that conversation. So I have a couple more food questions for you. Uh, Why? (laughs) Okay, okay. All right. So to start us off, if you put one lasagna on top of another lasagna, is it two lasagnas or one large lasagna? Uh, It's one large lasagna. Agreed, honestly.
0: Oh my gosh, for the first time ever, (laughs) listeners document this moment. (laughs) An easy agreement between Jesse and Michelle. Wow.
1: Is cereal soup? Don't. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, is cereal soup? No, of course it's not soup. How is it not soup? It's not hot. Not all soups are hot. Gazpachos aren't hot.
0: Don't talk to me about gazpacho.
1: (laughs) You know cereal's not a
0: soup. No, was not a soup, <laughs> because it's not. You you gonna are you really gonna tell me that Fruity Pebbles is a soup? Yes, I will. F- I'm I'm <laughs> so mad. <laughs> you're
1: already so
0: mad at me. <laughs> My body is filled with tension. The fun fact, though, let me just expose myself. Please do. I okay. Listen, I know that I am the minority in this aspect. But I one hundred percent. Oh no,
1: Michelle's going to
0: talk about the wrong way that she pours her cereal. <laughs> is milk first, then cereal? That's it's just it's just the way. And I'm so Absolute sorry to tell you monster. the majority that you guys are just not doing it right. Like you're really missing out on the joys of milk first, cereal second.
1: The most important thing to me in a bowl of cereal is having the right amount of cereal. So I, I really can't decide that until I pour the cereal. So I can't really put my milk first.
0: <sighs> it's unfortunate, Jesse. It really is the way.
1: But cereal is a soup.
0: It's not a soup.
1: <laughs> it, it is. Me so mad. There are basic. There are so many <laughs> soups that have a cream base. So I don't really, I'm not really bothered by the idea of milk is the base. Talking about
0: if cereal is a
1: soup actually
0: makes me more mad than is hot. is hot dog a sandwich.
1: You know what's gonna upset you more? Smoothies are also kind of soup. Did you say smoothies? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said I, th- I thought you said movies, as in th- films. And I was, well, like, I was thinking what? about this. Now smoothies are a bit different because it, you don't usually drink a, a smoothie in a fully liquid state, but. The thing that gets me about that is, like, when I think about certain fall soups, especially, like, certain potato soups and squash soups and all of those, you, they are just blended vegetables. A tomato tomato soup is literally a fruit that's been blended. So either soup is a smoothie or smoothies are soup. Ah,
0: well, thanks for tuning in to Opera Offstage, where we will be hiring another co-host for the future. Jesse is being removed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Executive order. <laughs> friendship has ended with (laughs) jesse for coming absolutely back to this one i did have a different game that i thought about playing but i found a list of food questions and i was like oh this is this is what we're doing
0: i don't really understand what it is about me that makes me particularly upset by food related questions but i feel like anything about food when you ask me something about that especially is upsetting to me why i have no idea but I'm very passionate about this subject.
1: I feel very relaxed uh. about it. I'm not I'm not ever terribly concerned. I don't know. Apparently food is very high stakes for me. But I feel like is a cereal soup a, is a good one. But it leaves me questioning what in general is soup. Because now I can't tell if those soups are smoothies or if they're s- soup. No, if smoothies Jessie, are soup.
0: It's just soup. Leave soup alone. Leave cereal <laughs> <laughs> out of this.
1: <laughs> Leave soup alone. Soup doesn't
0: deserve this. Okay, well, now that we're properly triggered, (laughs) now that our audience has left because they're all
1: upset, (laughs) let's talk about talent versus hard work. So we're going to get into why talent doesn't really matter. I think before we get into the meat of this topic, I think we have to answer the question, why are musicians so obsessed with talent? And I don't think anyone who's been in music for a while can deny that as a group, as a culture, we we really do idolize talent. And especially, I think it's a, uh. kind of apparent in how we talk about and how we send around these videos of child prodigies. I mean, we're really lucky as singers in that we don't really have to deal with child prodigies as much because, simply put, kids can't project over an orchestra. And so you don't really see many kids in opera. There are sometimes, like, young boys put into certain roles. But other than that, not really.
0: yeah. No, absolutely. But it is crazy to see, you know, child instrumentalists who literally that playing that instrument has been their entire little life. And they're just like legendary. I mean, it, that's crazy to me. But at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, it's just a kid. You know what I mean? And they're like, especially for child singers, they're not really old enough to always know exactly what it is they're singing. They just kind of practice and emulate other singers or whatever recordings they're listening to but like are you telling me kids aren't ready to take on the role of Mimi right well it's like when you see these kids (laughs) these like seven six-year-old girls singing O Mio Babino it's like you don't know what you're talking about honey like you really want to marry this guy and you're like six I don't think so (laughs) like it's just cute but there's no like real basis to it so it's like why do we put so much stock into these like kids?
1: No, I I totally agree with you. And I think, I do think we don't actually ask that question enough of, I mean, I don't want to like put pressure on child instrumentalists, but I don't think we actually get into the fact that like a lot of what we define as art also has to do with interpretation. And you're right. It's not that kids don't have a way of seeing the world because they definitely do. And sometimes kids' ways of seeing the world are really beautiful and innovative and fun to follow along with. But also sometimes kids are just kind of going through the motions. I don't think we asked that question enough beyond the technical skill for child instrumentalists. Not, not to devalue them, but also to, like, open them up to the fact that there's more than just technical skill. Yeah, absolutely. That being said, like, there, there is just the hilarity of watching, you said oh, mio, Babino, but my other favorite is, like, kids singing pop music and doing, like, Adele songs. where it's always about a breakup (laughs) yeah
0: nothing is more awkward to me than than those kind of things and like as a voice teacher like I've definitely taught some younger singers who want to learn pop ballads or like pop songs or like maybe like some musical theater rep that's just not really that appropriate for them and I'm like (laughs) Like, "Ah, I don't know about that honey like let's give it a couple years Oh, it's just always so funny.
1: It's so cute, though. But, yeah. Undeniably.
0: Yeah, I mean, kids are adorable and so good. But, yeah, Yeah. child prodigies are definitely a really interesting thing. And, like, I don't think musicians are as obsessed with them as non-musicians are. (laughs) That's the the key.
1: That's true. But even then, I think... We do have a number of competitions and stuff that do highlight young children in music. So I can't say that we don't bring this on ourselves. We entirely have these books like the Suzuki Method that are made to teach kids from a very, very young age how to play. Yeah, absolutely. No, the arts in general are obsessed with talent. And that applies to visual arts uh, as well as performance arts. I think there's a huge focus on, like, there are the people the haves and the have-nots, that we very often do split people down, like either you have the natural ability or don't. And I, I thought it was funny because I was thinking about this, but it's weird that in the arts we call it talent, but often in fields outside of the arts we call it intelligence, just like raw intelligence. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of funny that we distinguish between those two things.
0: That is so interesting to me. I had never thought about it that way, and I think that that, that is so just interesting You're right, because nobody's going to say, wow, this accountant has natural talent. You know what I mean? That would never be something that comes out of somebody's mouth. You would just be like, they're very smart and they're good at their job. Artists don't really get that same type of.
1: It's a different sort of appreciation, but I do wonder in retrospect if it is a weird devaluation of the intelligence of musicians. Probably. That is a topic for another (laughs) day, though. (laughs) But I think, yeah. I think part of what draws us into this idea of talent and to these ideas of, of natural ability and all of that is that they really play into the stories we like to tell ourselves, which is, you know, as long as humans have been writing stories, we've been talking about destiny and fate. And so I think talent really, really plays into that idea of ours that, like, you are fated to do something. There is a path in front of you for you to take, and it's based on, like, what you were born with. It's a it's a big basis for most of the stories we tell each other.
0: Absolutely, and I think this this is the basis of the marketing in talent shows. If we're looking at things like American Idol or America's Got Talent or any of these types of shows for singers, They're always doing the the hometown interviews with the kids that came from nothing but had this amazing natural talent. And, like, their whole life story should be rewritten because they just have this great gift that needs to be shared. And it almost, like, becomes, like, this, I don't know. A myth. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, I don't know.
1: It (laughs) makes a better origin story to say, you know, they were born. Because there's nothing... There's not a lot that's super attractive to us about they spent years sleeping in a tiny room with a piano. (laughs) It's it's not as as pleasant an idea to us.
0: No. Nobody wants to hear about somebody paving their way because of hard work when it comes to to music. We're much more interested to just hop on the bandwagon of, oh, this person is just so amazing. They rose to the top. Like, was it hard work? No. It was just they have this God-given gift and they're incredible. You know, it's just, you're exactly. right. it's, it's a better marketing scheme. It's a better myth, a better story for mass enjoyment.
1: I think for the sake of like getting into this discussion, we also have to say, what is talent? And I've already said it a couple times, but in its purest form, it would just be natural aptitude or skill for something, something that you were born with. But I think we often misunderstand what we perceive to be talent because often what we understand to be talent in the world is actually people who have honed their skills from a very, very young age. Uh, especially in music. Because nobody nobody really comes out of the womb ready to play a violin. Oh, no. You still have to be taught how to hold things and how to play. Even if you pitch match incredibly well or you have a natural affinity for certain things, you you don't just know how to do everything.
0: Oh, no, totally. And these child instrumentalists that are like already insane by the age of eight yes of course they learned like as like very young but they're also spending hours and hours and hours every single day to become that good
1: oh absolutely and that's the thing is we forget that when people start practicing something and start learning something very very young number one there there is the reality that like kids have more plasticity to their brain they have more ability to learn quickly and to take on big ideas but the other thing that we forget about kids is that it has less to do entirely with neuroplasticity but also to do with the fact that kids have more free time than basically any other age group except for maybe retirees but even then retirees still have to take care of their home or apartment or whatever so really kids kids have more free time than anyone else to hone these skills absolutely And that's kind of a funny thing because, you know, when we talk about languages, usually we say, oh, you know, if you really want to be bilingual, multilingual, you should learn multiple languages as a kid. It's not actually true. Older adults actually learn languages more easily than kids because they simply understand grammar better. And you can compare the patterns in grammar more easily as an adult than you can as a kid. The thing that kids really have is, A, teachers, and B, more free time to learn. It's not so much that kids... Inherently pick up on language is easier. It has more to do with time. Kids
0: are just sitting around; they got all the time in the world Just just practice their music. Unlike, yeah. unlike us who are weighted down by the world, <laughs> so jaded.
1: <laughs> and here's the other thing: the people, <laughs> the people we perceive as talent, very often have access to resources that others do not. And whether that means that they were literally born into like a well-off family. Or if it means that maybe they weren't in a well-off family, but maybe their mom is a music teacher. Like, a lot of people who we perceive as having talent actually just have access to a resource that not many people would have had at that age. Which, once again, isn't a devaluation.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the people that we see come out with these, like, inspirational stories do come from musical families. Like, they were already kind of born into it, or, like you said, they had the resources to take music lessons, or they... would have some relationship with a music teacher at an early age, and, like, that's really what sets it off. I don't really think that there are a lot of musicians, whether you... Well, definitely not if you're an instrumentalist, but even as a singer who are just really paving their way sheerly off of talent. Just, like, I don't have to practice. I'm just, like, naturally incredible. That just doesn't happen.
1: There's a lot of time that goes into things that we don't understand, and part of that is... (laughs) I do really throw out a lot of terms because talent is something I, I really am fascinated by in the concept of talent so I've spent a lot of time reading about talent because I, the ideas around it and the theories around it fascinate me but there is an, a thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect which is to say that when you know a little about something you think that you know more about it than you actually do and the more you learn about any given subject the more you realize you don't know nearly as much as you thought does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think we discussed this topic on our uh, things I never want to hear from non-musicians ever again.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, and this is the thing is when people don't know enough about something, like maybe for example, me and and a lot of instruments, I can't perceive a certain level of ability, so I can't distinguish a lot of things. I I simply don't know enough about it. And so what I perceive as talent may in fact be hours and hours spent practicing something. We tend to fill in the gaps in our knowledge, not with reality, but with, with storytelling. That's the human nature of it all, is that when we see somebody do something really incredible, often we don't fill in that blank with hours of practice and looking up videos and working with metronomes. We very much think, oh, they must just be really good at this. Absolutely. But I think the other thing that we misunderstand is that there are very few natural aptitudes that can't be matched by hard work. And often when we believe that we cannot catch up to people because of a natural talent, I think we're often focusing on the wrong thing. For example, you and I may never have the exact same range. Oh, absolutely. But like if I'm focusing on just like pure notes you can hit, I'm not really focusing on the things that make singing good. I'm focusing on just, like, a weird objective measure.
0: Yeah, that's a great point.
1: Yeah. Well, that one was a big one. As a soprano, high notes are a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So so that's just one of those weird things. But, like, there's no point in worrying over range when you should be worrying about, you know, registration is far more important, really. Yeah, definitely. But, so what we're going to do next is we're going to break down why why talent isn't really worth it. <laughs> it ain't it. Exactly. <laughs> It's not the mood. Not the mood. Not a vibe. <laughs> and why hard work is so much more important to be thinking about than talent. Because, number one, talent isn't within your control. For example, Michelle will never be able to really hit an octave with her tiny, tiny, delicate baby hands. <laughs>
0: oh, no. <laughs> uh My biz- biggest musical insecurity. You guys should see my hands i'm like a pretty normal sized person i would say but i just have like tiny extremities stupid small I know. small feet i small have like hands. child hands <laughs> i genuinely really like honestly hitting i can't even hit an octave normally like i have to kind of like go under it's depressing i can
1: hit a 10th <laughs> but it's not like a usable 10th i can hit a ninth though that makes me that's like really weird you're just, like, bendy. Yeah, that's because You're none of my like... joints work appropriately. They're, they're all broken. Just a stretchy lady. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Stretching not. Stretching. My hands are, like... <laughs> tiny, tiny, delicate baby <laughs> hands. But that's my point. There's nothing you can do about that. The only thing you can do is work around that. And there's still plenty you can do. That is to say, there's nothing you can do about that. That is simply the size of your hands. But focusing on it won't help you either. And being jealous of other people for having larger hands also won't help you. The only thing you can do is figure out other ways to adjust and work with that and focus on the skills that you do have.
0: I'm crying at this example. You're
1: welcome. I thought about this. Jess,
0: it just roasts me. Do you like that I
1: chose you and not me in any way?
0: I know. I love it. You want to hear about why talent isn't it? No, but I wanted (laughs) to say- Michelle was born with small hands. Tiny, tiny hands.
1: No. My whole Uh... thing about that is- that there is there is a bit of an advantage to having larger hands if you play the piano. Luckily, Michelle, you're not making a career as a pianist. You're going to be just fine.
0: Thank God <laughs> my career would be so sad.
1: <laughs> but the point of that is to say that if you were, <clears throat> that focusing on it wouldn't help you at all. It, do- it simply doesn't Absolutely. do you any good. And it's not like you can't adjust for that. It's not like everyone who plays the piano has Rachmaninoff hands.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, I think focusing too much on talent, like you do really have to remind yourself that it's not within your control, because there's definitely that temptation to compare yourself to other musicians. And obviously, everybody has a different set of strengths. And rather than focusing on what they were just naturally born with, what their strengths were that they have worked on over time, and comparing it to yourself is just not helping you. It's not really good. But I think like, one of the biggest things with talent is relying on talent too much, I feel like, pretty much always leads to really bad habits. Habits that are especially hard to break, and I think are a reason why a lot of people kind of fall off and fall out of music.
1: Can I say, um, I think the best example of this is easily... Because most of us were not musical savants. That's fair to say. There are... Uh, Speak for yourself, (laughs) Jesse. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't want to ignore the fact like there are definitely people who have talent or like abilities that go way beyond the norm. However, they are so small in number that it's almost not a factor. The chances of you being beaten out by a musical savant are very slim. The chances of you being beaten out by a person who's hardworking are much higher. (laughs) But... Yeah. But I think from uh, at least a good portion of people, at some point, you may have been one of those people in school who was told, you're really smart. And that is a terrible thing very often for kids to hear, because there are a lot of kids who go through school leaning on the fact that like they're smart and they can make up for the fact that they don't know how to study or they don't know how to work on projects long term. I may or may not be speaking from experience. <laughs>
0: This episode's just a roast. <laughs> yeah,
1: a self-roast for myself. Well, let's go through some of these examples, and I'll jump back to this. But, for example, if, you, if you're if you a person leaning on talent, you don't have a good practice routine because you simply don't have to. You do the bare minimum because you don't have to practice long and hard to get things.
0: Yeah, and this is bad because this just kind of leads to poor like musicianship skills, and obviously you are going to eventually reach a piece or a recital or a role where not putting the practice in is just not gonna (laughs) work out well for you I mean I feel like you can really skate by until you're presented with your first truly difficult piece of music and that's the real test of like wow do I have the discipline to actually work through it until I can get it because there's music that's difficult Obviously, and how you handle that, and how you handle difficult roles, and prepping recitals says so much about you. And if you're only relying on your talent, yikes! You're That's always going to go so well for you. Going
1: to reach a level where you're going to hit that roadblock, and if you don't have the skills to overcome it, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Because as you do more and more music, you're going to be surrounded by more and more talented and skilled people. Like the, every every level of education or professional career you go up you're going to meet people who are incredibly good at what they do and talent is simply never going to be enough to overcome that
0: no you have to have that long long long-term motivation exactly to get through
1: that and if you're relying on talent mm -mm. the the people who didn't skate through have been building the willpower and skill set necessary to overcome any roadblock Mm -hmm. And this is I'm going to jump back to the example and and close it off. But this is a lot of times what happens to people who skate by in school, too. They get into college and suddenly with the lack of framework and suddenly being surrounded by a bunch of people who are all very smart because they're in college. It really throws them. Absolutely. And I think that when you're in that kind of situation,
0: it's a real dent on your ego and. I think anybody who is trying to skate through things based off natural talent has that ego because obviously they've been told by their friends, their family, their community, yada yada, that they are just like so talented and everybody just thinks that the world of them and you build up that ego and there's kind of that myth, I suppose, associated with it as well of like, I'm just really, really great. It just naturally comes to me. I don't really have to practice. like I just make it look easy. And the second that that's not true anymore, that's rough. That's a rough thing to, to grapple with.
1: Well, and the problem with that, too, is that talent is something you are, but hard work is something you do.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: when you get to a point where something isn't easy anymore, it makes you feel stupid. It makes you feel like you're not as good as you thought you were. Whereas when you're hardworking and you put your focus on being a person who works very hard at what they do, then it simply another thing to work at it's external to you it doesn't hurt you because not being good at something immediately doesn't have anything to do with you it's just life yeah and when you have to butt up against your ego and your sense of self that's much much harder than being like oh this is just another difficult thing that I'm gonna have to figure out how to overcome as opposed to like this is shattering my sense of self this is taking away the thing that I base my self-worth on
0: absolutely definitely yeah Relying on talent really is only going to get you through the school level because, like we already established, by the time you leave undergrad and you're in grad school, everybody's talented. Everybody is talented.
1: Everybody's and good at what they do.
0: Everybody's good at improving <laughs> at the speed of light. So it's just, like, not sustainable. You might be able to skate through grad school the same way, but I am telling you, as soon as you get out of school, it's not It's not going to be in your favor because even people who are really hard workers and have been spending, you know, those six years of building those good, good self-discipline, self-motivation, hard work, even when you get out of school and you're one of those people, it's tough. This rigid school schedule that we have does a lot for a lot of people. And so when you no longer have that schedule, even if you're a hard worker, it's a struggle. And I think that's why we see so many people fall out of music. Because if you didn't build those skills in school, it's going to be so much harder to build them once you're out.
1: Well, and skating by on talent is often rising to the minimum level to get by. Yeah. And that's the problem is that's simply not enough for a music career. You have to be looking so far beyond school. And this applies to everyone, regardless of whether you're a hard worker or skating by on talent or you're a talented hard worker. You still have to be rising far above the level that your school is even asking of you because simply being the best in your school will still not be enough. And I know that's a little depressing, but I'm telling you now to start setting your sights much, much higher and to work beyond what is asked of you in school.
0: Well, yeah, that's the important of making like one year, five year, 10 year goals. I mean, life is going to take you any which way, but having those goals lets you put things into perspective of if i want to accomplish this in five or ten years what do i need to be doing now to set myself up in a good position so that that's actually possible by then and having those long-term goals is super super motivating yeah but you do have to be thinking long term Like <laughs> you will not always be in school yeah uh, competing against the people that you currently know there's a
1: very large pool yeah
0: that you will soon be introduced to. If
1: you're in that group of people who are talented. Talent is not some horrible curse that you can never overcome. But just make sure that it is a buoy to you. It is helping you stay afloat. That it is raising you up. And that it is not something that you lean on. It's not a crutch. It's not something you use to skate by. That I think is the important thing about it. Is is talent can really go either way. It can be something very helpful that like helps you reach higher levels. Because certain things come easier to you. Or it can be this huge drag that your ego becomes a huge roadblock to you in becoming better. And only you can answer that question. Yeah.
0: Everybody's talented, obviously. Once you get to, especially grad school, everybody's chock full of talent. But you just have to build the skills to really set yourself up well for the future.
1: I think the important takeaway from talent is that talent will never take the place of hard work, networking, and opportunity. You need All of these things together in order to really be a successful musician. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know
0: (laughs) of anybody who has risen to the top in classical music that isn't an incredibly hard worker. I just don't think that it's even possible. And the good thing is hard work is a very buildable skill. It's something (laughs) that you can train yourself to be good at 100%. Let us sell you on hard work. Let me tell you about my friend, hard work. (laughs) My BFF hard work. (laughs) Hard work requires a ton of self-awareness, a ton of discipline, and a ton of motivation. And there are going to be times where you don't feel like working hard. And, you know, sometimes that's okay. But that's when discipline kicks in and takes over to keep you on track. It's a skill that you have to be working at. And you have to practice those good habits and stick to them because they'll serve you so well. And it is something that you can improve over time.
1: But you're right. And the more you exercise this, the more hard work you put in, the more you get used to exercising willpower, the better you'll get at it. The thing is, is if you haven't been using it, it's going to suck. It's going to suck at first. But when you get more used to it, when you start building these routines, when you are able to create motivation, everything gets so much easier. I promise you. Everything gets so much better. And the other thing about hard work is obviously it is within your control to work hard. It is not something you're born with. It is simply a skill you build.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, even look at us in in light of COVID. Like, the only thing that we can do is work hard. Nobody's able to rely on just talent anymore. So it's really important that, you know, you continue to work on those skills even in quarantine, because I would say that that's probably the hardest time to really stick to practice routines and really stick to what you would normally stick if we weren't in this situation.
1: Yeah. And it allows you to build better practice habits. We already said, like, it'll really help you when you hit those really bad periods of burnout to... To know how to get out of it because hard work also allows you to figure out how to back out of those really awful periods of burnout and how to create motivation because you're used to working through it.
0: Yeah, there will always be inevitable periods of burnout and depending on how much you have built up your determination will very much determine how quickly you're able to bounce back out of burnout. And if you're even able to bounce back out of burnout at all. And so it's just so important to keep your eye on the prize and stay motivated and rely on that motivation and determination to get you through those rough times when you just don't really feel like doing anything music related. And it happens to us all. It's totally normal. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, and I think you bring up a great point there, which is that it also helps us when we're thinking long term about our careers, because when you work hard, you, I think, are better able to perceive the hard work that everyone else is also putting in. You stop seeing other people's abilities as talents, and you see them more as skill sets. And when you are perceiving of what other people do as not an innate talent, you are able to better think about how you can also reach those levels, so that when you watch professional singers and you see them do these incredible feats with their voice, you're able to think, okay, But what they probably did was all of these tiny steps to get there. And I am also capable of doing all these tiny steps. Mm -hmm. And so that will help you long term in as you keep going up these levels, when you look at your peers who can do something you can't do, it's no longer a, oh, well, you know, that's just what they have. They, They can do that. And I can't. It's I bet I can figure out how to do that, too. Yeah. And I think
0: it also when you're used to working hard and realizing that others are working hard as well, I think it kind of allows you to put aside your ego and actually ask those people to help you (laughs) in different areas and different areas that you struggle with. Because, you know, if somebody has piano skills uh, that I definitely don't have and they've been playing since they were like six and I need to... (laughs) do whatever or this person is just like really really great with the french language like they speak it fluently and i need help with my french aria if i can just put that ego aside and go up to them and say hey like i really admire how hard you've worked at this skill would you help me i mean people always want to help each other right in music school it's kind of like an ego boost to the person you're asking because they're like oh wow they like see that i've worked really hard at this and i can help them that's really cool and it just builds community. People will help you so often if you just ask. Absolutely. That's like another, you know, little piece of networking. You're building a, a relationship with that person. And it's an, a, just another opportunity to become better at something that maybe doesn't come so naturally to you. So I think when you prioritize hard work, you're able to prioritize it and appreciate it more in others. People feel more approachable when you're able to put aside your ego. Yeah.
1: When you... Kill off that ego part of yourself. You're also more able to focus on your weaknesses, and a lot of our schooling is fixing our weaknesses, is balancing our skill levels. It's not just about maximizing the things you're already good at. A lot of it is also bringing other skills up to speed. And it, as a vocalist, that's a constant battle because our voices are constantly changing. So something that wasn't weak a day ago may be difficult today. And so I think for singers, even more than most, you have to learn to put that aside and how to embrace and deal with weaknesses because simply put our instrument is variable and if you don't you will end up backing out of a lot of things because you're unable to deal with anything less than the absolute peak.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think going off of fixing your weaknesses and overcoming those periods of burnout I think the biggest difference and you kind of touched on this already Jesse is when you put your a little bit more of your identity and your value in your hard work and the skills that you have worked hard to cultivate. When we are inevitably faced with failure, it's not going to be so soul crushing because if you don't get a part, you don't get the opportunity you were looking for. You can go back and see the steps that you took in your hard work to get to that point and you can just reevaluate your plans. Maybe you spent too much time focusing on one thing. Maybe you worked really hard, but your efforts were better put somewhere else. Or you can just strategize because you're already used to that skill. You're already used to figuring out a plan to get where you want to be to get what you want. It's really, really hard when your identity and your kind of value is more set in your just innate talent. Because like you said, that is tied more to your ego. It's tied more to you as a person. And so when you're faced with that inevitable failure or rejection which we all come across all the time in music it's going to be a personal hit and that's really really hard to come back from
1: so so much of learning is being publicly bad at things i hate to say it mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is and the more yep. we get wrapped up in our own egos and the more we and this applies to more than just music it applies to anything you know i i always laughed i did have a whole dance class with a bunch of other musicians and it was pretty split between musical theater people who tended to have dance training and classical musicians who tended not to really have dance training but you know what it didn't matter because if we we all (laughs) dropped our ego and we danced like it's hard it's hard to look stupid in front of people but you gotta let go because you're never gonna get better if you're not willing to do it and what is so much more admirable than somebody with raw talent is somebody who has put in the hard work and has looked stupid and has grown. That is the much more admirable mm-hmm. storyline. Those are the stories we should be telling. But that's what I really would implore everyone listening to this episode to do is to stop worrying so much about not being as talented as the next person and focus on being the hardest working person in your department or in your program or in whatever sphere you are currently working in, because that's entirely within your control. You may not be the best. You may not be, you know, the person with the largest range or the best anything, but you can always be the hardest working person. You are always capable of that. And that's why it's the more important thing to focus on, is because you can always do it. Yes. Jesse and I
0: believe in you. So go out, <laughs> make us proud. <laughs> Truly. I feel inspired. Thank you for that, Jesse. If you don't already, guys, follow us at Opera Offstage. We have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. So subscribe slash follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you never miss an episode. Next week, we have our part two of our issues in opera. Once again, we have Cynthia Lopez Perez and Renee Ombaba joining us from Latina women in opera and black women in opera so you will not want to miss that it's going to be a really really great episode also join us on patreon you can find all of that on our social media and please leave us a review it really helps us out and we love making new friends so we will see you guys next week bye bye